Welcome to the MomQ Podcast, where we provide you with the godly intelligence and biblical resources to find peace, hope, and joy on your motherhood journey. I'm Candace Nasser, the founder of MomQ, a community of moms building healthy families. I hope you will be inspired and encouraged as we talk to moms of all ages about how God is using their unique gifts and calling to build His kingdom. Hello, everyone. Today I have with me Kayla Marnock. Kayla is the creator and author of the Can Do Kids series. She's also a speaker, a mentor, and a mom of two adult daughters. She was in leadership at MomQ for a bit, a couple of years, but in a big loss to us, she moved to Austin, from Austin to Waco over the summer to be near her brand new grandbaby. She's going to share with us today about her journey to creating the Can Do Kids series and how God is using it to help families and children. Welcome, Kayla. Hi, Candace. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my heart and work and passion with the moms and uh, just look forward to being able to hope that I can share something with them that'll help them. I'm sure you will. We're just so excited to have you and I miss seeing you. So it's good to see your face today. Um, so first of all, some of our listeners know you, but for those who don't, can you just share a little bit about your family? Yes. Um, my husband and I have been married for 46 years. It, uh, we have two grown daughters. We were married 13 years before we had our children. Took us a while to grow up. Mm. But then we had Cammy. Uh, she is now 33 and lives in LA with her husband. And then we have Kara and her husband who have just moved to Waco. Uh, with our that she had a little grandson and uh, she is 30 year 31. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I know you're just so excited to be there with your grandbaby. And you were telling me how uh, he was born on your mother's 92nd birthday. Is that right? Yes, it was. And it was, she had high blood pressure. So they had to, um, do a C-section. So it was quite uh, exciting to know that he was born on my mother's 92nd birthday. She is just beyond elated and lives in Weatherford and she can't wait. She kissed. I just, I need to hold that baby and just rock him. So (laughs) we're trying to get him there as quick as we can. Wonderful. That's so exciting. So you moved to Waco last April after living in the same house for 38 years. And I know that had to, that it's probably still a big adjustment. So can you share some of what God has shown you through the process? Patience, absolute patience. Um, Having, we moved to Austin in 79 and moved into our house in 1985, which is in River Ridge, uh, at the end of Steiner Ranch. And it was, Steiner Ranch was a working ranch with cattle and horses, five cattle guards, and it took 30 minutes to get anywhere. So a a grocery store run was two hours. And that's crazy, <laughs> but we <laughs> we loved it out there. And now, needless to say, it's a four lane boulevard with schools and stores and nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Development comes along, and then everybody finds out about the cool area that you moved to. And so I can um, I can I can't imagine because I've been here. Oh 
10, 11 years. And since I've lived here, it was all pretty much built out. So yeah, but that's really neat. I, I wish I could have seen it then. I absolutely <laughs> do. You know, it, it was a whole different life at that point. And that's what I think that, um, because the girls, they were born in 90 and 92, uh, they lived in the same house their whole lives. So when they came home, they came home. And us having to move was a little traumatic in that they no longer can go back to the house that they grew up in or go back into their bedroom where they, you know, were in, you know, elementary school. But because of the reason behind it, we were all ready for the change. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's been a good thing. Yeah. And now you're just how close to your, to your grandson? 23 minutes. So oh, you goes, got it oh, not, Yeah. Not 20 or 25. Ago. Nope. 23 minutes. So, Love it. And That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Beckett, uh, Beckett, John is his name and uh, is just doing wonderful. And it was such the right move. And it's been a God thing that we came to Waco. Truly, he has moved in our lives since moving. Wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. So can you explain um, what, so we're going to talk about your book series and mm-hmm. you're an author. You've done some blogging for us. You're an incredible author. What was the impetus to create this series? When did it come to you? How did, you know, what, what was the, what was the vision? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. In all of my writings, and I've written for a very long time, stories, short stories, poems, it's always, I want to say 95% of it has always been uh, to help someone know they're not alone to let them know that the journey they're traveling, they aren't the only ones because so Mm. often we can feel like no one understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. And that's not true. And so I created um, my publishing, which is Yana Press and Yana, Y-A-N-A stands for you are not alone. So anything that I write has that flavor to it. I was writing a novel about a girl coming out of foster care. Our preacher at that time was going through counseling school and he said that I needed to talk to some of his therapists about the foster care system and everything. I talked with several of them. And when I told them that the girl is coming out and she's aged out of foster care and that there's, uh, but there's no sexual abuse. I didn't want to go through that. And one there, one, um, Jessica Kilpatrick, she just kind of threw her arms up and she said, I wish I had a book for three to eight-year-olds on body boundaries and sexual abuse prevention. Mm. And that just rocked my world. I mean, I had no idea that, I, I just never thought about it, you know. So she and I talked for a long time and I just said, okay, I'll do it. And she and I worked for months on the book and I created the book that's called My Body's Mine and a book on body boundaries and sexual abuse prevention for three to eight-year-olds. But honestly, I've had therapists tell me that they have used it with teens that have had that have been abused and that it helps them to talk about it. And they'll say, I've got this book for a little, you know, for a kid. What do you think about it? They'll read it and they'll go, oh, God, I can really relate or whatever. The back of the book and um, in each of the books, there is a parent section, and that is to let the parent know they don't have to be the expert. They don't have to have all the answers. They don't have to know anything, but they have to be willing to talk. They can read 
the back portion of the book to give them some, um, my quote, quote, tagline is to empower children and educate adults. And by taking the back of the parent section, they can read that, giving them the confidence that that they don't have to have the answers, that they that it is perfectly good to say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out and I'll let you know. Letting the child know they don't have all the answers. Then there's open-ended questions to get the children talking about an experience because when a child has been traumatized or hurt and it is revealed, especially later on in life, you cannot heal a child or an individual cannot heal until they go back to the age where the trauma occurred. So in going back to that letting the parent know that having these open questions and letting the parent know that they can um, listen without reactions, but with uh, compassion and understanding and that the child is safe in revealing what they have heard and or happened to them. It's just, it's vital. And so the book, uh, with each of the books, I'll have in all of them, I have a parent guide section that's for caregivers uh, of any sort, babysitters, doesn't matter. But it's just really important for the parents to have that confidence to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. So every book, every word in uh, each of the books that I've written has been vetted through therapists. And they have one time they told me I used the word good and they said, no, 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 no. A mother's touch may not be good because Mm -hmm. she could have been abusive. So good is subjective. So every word is very carefully chosen in the book. Mm. So this is, so it's for people that have maybe been children who've been through abuse, but also I would imagine those difficult conversations just for any parent to help them, you know, because I know today, I mean, I, I can't imagine you know, how it, things have just gotten so crazy with the internet and everything. And, and you want to have these conversations with your kids to help them be aware and, and learn to what's things to look out for in a very, um, age appropriate way. And I would imagine that your books can help those conversations along for any parent. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that it is, it's for to educate the child that they have, control of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And the um, in one part it says, hugs are okay if I say so, but I am free to tell them no. A kiss on my cheek might be okay, but only if I say you may. So often when we're with adults and we want our child to be the perfect little child and hug everyone and to kiss them on the cheeks, but that children can have a sense of individuals and people, and by forcing them to kiss or to sit on grandpa's knee when they don't know what's gone on beforehand, and we force them, that tells them we're not safe, nor is the grand, and they don't have any support. That's interesting. So, yeah. So you know, and the other, um, the other one is that um, in in the book, it not only tells the children to give them uh, a safe adult, what a safe adult will never say, don't dare tell what we did today. And if you do, I'm going to run, I'm going to yell, I'm going to tell. So that it tells them not only to what to do, but to empower them, because it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to kiss them, but I don't know how to tell them no. 
And that's where this book will help the parent go, oh, you know what? We don't kiss, but we do fist bumps. Mm. We do high fives. So you give another way of that connecting. The other thing is to understand that a child has that. um, We all get that feeling. We've had that sense of um, things aren't right. It's just like I I don't feel right. And uh, and we can call it a yucky feeling. And so it says a yucky feeling is good to know. My body's saying it's time to go. It's time to leave. Get out of there. Go tell someone you know will care. So it's approving that you have a right to listen to your own body. I don't Mm. have to tell you that. That's so good. So is that probably one of your most popular books or what are some of the other books that you've written in this series? Each time when I'll finish a book, I'll ask the therapist, well, what do you need? And the the second book was, we need a book on self-regulation. The kids just have a kids such a difficult time sitting still or whatever. And remember that sitting still is for the adult, not for the child. Hmm. So in having a child being able to empower them to know how they can self-regulate, the second book is um, I Can Do That. And um, it also talks about that sometimes it's hard to sit real still. My body moves on its own will. And therefore, it's validating that, yeah, it's hard. It can be hard to sit. My feet will twitch. My arms will flap. My body wiggles. My fingers tap. So when I get fidgety, it's time to think what works for me. And then I go into different things of, of, that they can use and different ways they can help themselves. Uh, I'm a can-do kid. Yes, that is me. I'm good at this. You watch and see. That's so great. I wish I'd had that when my youngest was uh, super fidgety <laughs> in all things and, um, and struggling with some self-regulation. So that's, that is a good one. Um, what else? What were some of the others that you've done? The once I finished that one, uh, we talked about um, life value skills. I speak with respect. I cause no hurts. I listen and obey. And so the ones that we have that that I did next was my actions matter. And so this is to be like socially acceptable and stuff. Um, in this particular book, I also have scripts that the parent can say and. Um, the, one of the, the refrain is, it's good to know just what to do to have a plan for me. It makes me stop and want to try to do what's best for me. I use my words and show respect. I'm gentle and kind. It's true. I cooperate and compromise. I know that you can too. And the, what the, the children or what the parent will say is like if they're acting up or whatever, the child, the parent can then say, please use your words and show respect. Mm, Please mm -hmm. listen and obey. We'll talk about a compromise, but I'm the boss today. So then the. Yeah, I was just going to say that I really, I really like the, one of the things I love about it is that they're in rhyme because kids that age, 
are going to remember rhyme. It's going to just play in their head, just like a song would, right? And so when you're trying to teach them and you've got to say the same, I mean, we all know, especially the young ones, you know, we're saying the same things over and over and over again. And we, as parents, we can get discouraged. Are they hearing? Are they, are they getting any of this? And, and so reading those books over and over and then them hearing the rhyme, uh, I know I there was I read the Rhyme Bible with my kids when they were young, and they still remember some of those stories in rhyme. So it's going to stick with them, and hopefully, with the parents reinforcing it, they'll definitely see some 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 change and some some good results out of it. Absolutely, because I just recently read that if a child by the age of four can know eight nursery rhymes, that when they get into uh, elementary school, that they will be way ahead because they have already had that foundation with a wide variety of words and settings. Mm, and so interesting. Again, yeah. So that's why those nursery rhymes are so important. Uh, one of my favorites is that uh, it says, I can be sassy with my words, with looks and attitude. With hands on hip, I roll my eyes. My words are really rude. <laughs> and then there is my safe adult. Oh, whoa, they say, no way. Let's try again now with respect. I listen and obey. You know, I think adults can use that book. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's... It's yeah. geared toward eight to it's geared toward thir- three to eight year olds, but it's applicable across the board. And again, in the back of the book where it has the parent section, um, it has the the explaining the behaviors about do not overreact. A lot of times, the parent makes it worse because they will meet a um, level three response with a level one uh, behavior. And mm. a level three response is restraint. And um, when the parent overreacts, then again, they become unsafe and they don't mm. know. But in this book, it talks about that um, for the five steps is that number one, you do not overreact when your child has talked rude or, you know, rolled their eyes or whatever it is. Don't overreact. And then focusing. Focused engagement, which means is that compromise and choice, you give them the option of between your two positives and you let them choose. You know, um, yeah, that's that's super good because I know that, you know, we we can overreact and we're going to do that sometimes as parents because our patients can get thin if we can just apologize to our kids and ask for forgiveness, knowing that there's a better way and we're just going to try, you know, take one step at a time to try and do better. And, and just having those tools to help both parent and kid are just so great. And I'm so excited to uh, just to know you and the fact that you put these together. So what are, um, what I know, have you won, I think you recently won an award or got a recognition or something. Well, it's been uh, the last book that I wrote. I, I want to back up for one second because I think this is really important is that when a child has misbehaved or there has been a, a situation and you have apologized and you have done these things, when it's over, it's 
over. Mm. When it's over, it's over. You don't bring it up again. You don't talk about it again. You don't go over it to where, well, now, I know I apologize, but you did this again. No. You, when it's over, it's over. And a child really needs Love to that. understand that. Yeah. Uh, that. yeah. The last, the, the most recent book is on grief and loss. And it's called I'll Always Remember. And it was number one on Amazon. And um, it has been used with a lot of different children that have lost parents or siblings. And the one of the beauties of this book that I'm so proud about is that it covers all loss, whether if you're uh, if there's an incarceration, mm. if there is a moving, if they've moved to a different area, if there's a divorce, if a if the child has become um, handicapped, if there's if they're become dis differently abled, and they have that loss of abilities. It covers all of that. And that's what I think is really important is that when we think of grief and loss, it's not just death as mm. in a person True. has passed away. It's a death of a ability, a person, a place, a thing. What is, it may be a small thing to you that they've lost their blanket or their little stuffed animal they've had all their life. It's like, we'll get another one. No, that's a death to them. Because it's a total loss, a complete cutting. And we just have to respect that um, what our children deserve, the respect of their feelings. They need to be seen and heard and not always just out of sight. Mm -hmm. Or dismissed. Dismissed, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so often we will dismiss some of the things that we don't think is important. And that's why... Um, one of the things also that I recently heard is that one of the reasons why to get on your child's eye level when you're talking with them is that when you look up at an adult or you look up at anybody, that causes stress. If they're on eye level, then you're meeting in the same, you know, eye plane. When they're having to look up, then that's causing stress to them. And so we have to really know ways of helping our children that we're not making it worse. That's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is to not make it worse. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, congratulations on that number one. That's um, that's really great. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that one is also I've got two of them in Spanish. And uh, the first one that my body's mine, and I'll always remember is available in Spanish, because I felt like those two subjects just really needed a wider audience. And we have had, um, I don't know how many different counseling centers will just buy it for their whole counseling staff and then for their um, clients as well. That's so great, Kayla. And I, God just gave you this vision and you just went for it. You know, honestly, I can, I'll be writing something and I'll, it'll come out and I'll, and I'll just go, um, wow, that was good. Thank you, God. You know, because I'm, I'm not smart enough to come up with some of this stuff. This is this is God given. And I really give him the glory on that because he is the one that will 
put it in my brain and it comes out. And when I talk about, it's hard for me to say, these are my books, my creation, because really it's God's. I mean, he's the one, the author and the perfecter. He's the one who's finished a good work, you know, in these books. So it really so good. is heartening. So good. Has there been any difficult parts to this journey of being an author and, and putting yourself out there that that you've had to work through? Part of it has the... Um, the last book was really the most difficult in that I'll always remember because my sister passed away on, I had started the grief book because the counselors had asked for it. And my sister passed away on January 19th of 2020. And I had just gotten into it and started doing, and it shut me down totally. And I couldn't write about, because I was going through my own grief and in writing and it, I didn't, Again, it came out in 2023. So that's how long it took me to be you know, able to go through it. What strikes me about that, though, is that God is obviously going to use this book in a big way because he had you experience it at a level that made the right. I'm sure by the time you wrote it, you had a different a different perspective, a different way of saying it, having been through such a personal loss like that. It is. And you know, one year I can say that um, in 2013, we had we lost all three of our pets. I had I had five life changing events within 90 days, and it was devastating. And I had friends say, "Gosh, boy, the devil is after you, man, man. Mm. You are just there's just so many things. You know, this is." boy, you know, he's really after you. And, and I just, God, why? And I railed and I cried. Why am I having to go through these life altering events? And about six months later, I apologized to God. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong to, this was not you doing this to me. And that was wrong of me to do that. And if I ever have a situation like that again, Lord, I promise I will give you the glory. In 2017, I went through um, 11 deaths within 18 months. Oh, my word. With friends and family. And um, I gave God glory in every one of those because he was faithful throughout each loss. That's so good. So good. He He's always faithful, even in the very difficult times. So thanks for sharing that. Yes. Well, as we start to wrap this up, I want um, you and I talked about a verse that God has shown you that's been an encouragement to you. And um, uh, would you please share that with your with our moms, our listeners? Ab absolutely. It's Romans twelve two, and it is, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God has created our minds to be malleable. And every morning, every day, we have new synapses that are created in our brain. Therefore, any trauma that we experience when we can go through and have counseling and, and um, the proper care of going through that trauma, we can come through healed because God has made a way for us to renew our minds. And that is what's so important. And that's what each one of these books talks about, renewing our mind 
of getting past trauma and getting into a healthy relationship with ourself and with others and him. That's so good. I haven't thought about the verse in that from that angle, but you know, it just it also brings up brings to mind that our his new mercies are new every morning. Great mm-hmm. is thy faithfulness. Yes. So yes. to give yeah. us just to give us a new perspective every every day when we wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And these books are are so good for that mm-hmm. for that purpose. So when is there anything else that you would tell our listeners to encourage them? to step out and follow God's call on their life like you have? I think one of the the most important thing is to be honest and to not let our ego get in the way or let fear be at the forefront. It's to be able to say, God, I don't know what to do, or I'm not sure, or this is crazy. How do I deal with it? It's to get on your knees so that you can look up and then, you know, to, to go to God. And it's so important for us to realize that behavior displays a need. Meet the need and you can change the behavior. So when our children are acting out, it's not that there's something that occurred that happened to that. So even with us. You know, our reactions, what caused that reaction? What is the need that's not being met? So that's one of the things. And God meets all of our needs. We just need to turn to him and then to see that need that is met. And all of the books are available on Amazon. And um, I just, you know, am so grateful that God has done that for me to give me these words to share with everyone. Yeah. And I just respect you so much for just the perseverance and continuing despite the obstacles, I'm sure, that um, have come your way and working with the therapist and just being willing to step out and and go in a whole new journey. And, and God's used it clearly. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, Kayla. Well, thank I thank you. you so much for being on our show today. It's been a pleasure and a delight. I just love these books. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I just, Mom Q is is just serving such a need. And I am so proud to have been part of it. I miss everyone, but what a wonderful work that Mom Q serves. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you again for being on here. And um, why don't we just close in a word of prayer? God, thank you so much that you have called Kayla with her gifts and her abilities that you have given her to write these books, to minister to kids in the way that only you can, Lord. And we just, I just pray that um, more kids would hear about them, more counseling centers, more therapists, more parents to get this message out there and um, help these kids and, and just understand that they want to be heard and they want to be seen and that there's always uh, something behind the behavior, and we want to understand what that is. So we just lift all that up to you, Lord. We thank you for Kayla, and we thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please feel free to share it with others who might be interested. You can also give us feedback in the comment section, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about anything you heard today, 
or would like to suggest topics for us to cover in the future, message us on Instagram and Facebook at MomQ512. We'll see you back here in just a couple of weeks.